This week on Swaying the Small Stuff, we're talking with Ebony Bell, someone who is unapologetically me and giving a voice to a community that deserves one. everyone, and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we sweat over the science, stories, and misconceptions behind your favorite pop culture moments. And today, I, your personal brain trainer and host, Cameron Boussard-Jumeri, have the great fortune of getting to interview and talk with the ever-talented Ebony Bell. Would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, you're so sweet. Yes. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Like you said, my name is Ebony Bell. I'm the owner of Tag Communication. We are a media company serving the LGBTQ women's community through podcasting, video, web, and print magazine. And I should mention, if you guys are hearing at home something very strange going on in the background, that's because Ebony and I are actually running around and causing all sorts of mayhem at the DC PodFest, which is where I had the great fortune of running into you and getting to learn about all the incredible things you get to do. And so that's why I wanted to have you on, is because your story is you serving a community. But on Swaying the Small Stuff, we always like to just abstract and say, like, there's always a truth in the details of everything that's around us. Mm -hmm. And here, the truth is, you are a small business owner, and you you are serving an underprivileged community, but you're doing it with all the same problems and trials and tribulations of a small business. And so that's what I really want to talk to you about today, is who is Ebony Bell, and what drove her to this incredible work creating tag communications and building your magazine and your brand? Oh, I love it. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> exactly. Well, I think the best place to always start is why. Mm. What, what was the inciting moments, moment? What was the thing that you couldn't sit by anymore and think, I need to do something about this. I want to do something about this. Sure. So I was working at AARP mm-hmm. before starting TAG. And I've been involved in the LGBTQ community for years and years. Whether it was a fun fact that was given at DC PodFest was that I used to be a drag king. So I was doing that. I did a Capital Queer prom. It was a second chance prom for the 21 and up LGBTQ community to have the prom we should have had years ago. So I was doing all these things. And as I'm opening up the other publications in our area, I'm noticing it's nothing but white gay men Mm -hmm. all the time. And after a while, I was like, man, you know, it'd be nice to start seeing, you know, queer women's stories, women of color. And so I decided to leave AARP Mm -hmm. and start a magazine, which eventually grew into this media company as well. But I just wanted to start seeing our stories told. And sometimes you can't wait for somebody else to tell your story. You have to do it yourself. And so that's why I started TAG. And this is a moment where I really want to step back and just appreciate what it always feels like when you're doing that. Like, it doesn't matter if you're starting a podcast, starting a business. There's there's that moment, right? There's that moment of hesitation. Like, what, this was 2012 yep. time frame. And you are thinking to yourself, I want to help my, like, the people I feel I represent. And you don't have that same kind of a, like, it's, it's not easy to decide, I'm going to quit my job. Or I'm going to take even time <laughs> from my job. Like, a lot of people... They try to do both things. So how did you feel getting into that headspace saying, I'm going to start doing this, stepping, I guess, off, I guess, jumping just straight in? Yeah, definitely. So I get asked this all the time. So it was the moment that I had to tell myself, what's the worst that can happen? 
Mm-hmm. Corporate America will always be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for anybody. Anybody who's listening to this and you're like, you know, you ready to start that business, but you're scared. What if you fail or you lose money? Doesn't matter. Corporate America will always be there. Period. That's what I had to tell myself. And once I got that in my head that, okay, if this fails, it's okay. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to starve. I just Mm -hmm. go right back into what I was doing before. So once I did that, I had to take this leap of faith and I, I, (laughs) and I'm laughing because I'm like, all right, I'm going to have all these plans. I'm going to save all this money to last me a year and to do all of this. And I'm going to plan ahead and I'm going to be smart. Yeah. That money didn't last that year. (laughs) Life (laughs) happened. All these crazy things happened. My cat went to the vet like thousands of dollars later, like all of these things, but I can laugh about it now at the time. But Really, it's about getting into that mindset, like if this is something you really want to do. And another thing that I realized, if I wanted this to be successful and be at 100%, I had to give it 100%, meaning mm-hmm. I couldn't have another job mm-hmm. and do this at the same time. It wouldn't have been successful. So I just had to take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. and I had to remind myself that I'm not going to you know, starve, that I'll be okay no matter what happens. So let's reframe. We're back in 2012. Yeah. Fade to (laughs) flashback. So you've decided that we're going to jump in and you're going to build this thing. Did you have a plan? Did you have a vision for where you were going to go? I mean, it it sounded like you had that background. You'd spent time being in the community. You knew who, and I think this is one of the biggest things a lot of small companies or any company really struggles with is knowing your customer. It sounded like you really were there. You knew who you were looking for. You knew... Fortunately, you were one of the people you're trying to reach out to, mm-hmm. so you could have that frame of reference. But right. what was it like filling in the gaps, saying these are the steps? So that was the advantage, for sure, that I'm within the community that I want to serve. So I did not have a distinct plan <laughs> at all. Sometimes, like, when I'm on a panel or something or people ask me, like, what's, you know, something you would change? Mm-hmm. One of the things I say is, I wish that I had a business plan. <laughs> but that's okay. But I also wouldn't change the way that this journey mm-hmm. has taken me, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. So I was super just like, I want to do this. And I jumped in and I just was self-taught, honestly. I, you know, sure. Do I wish that I had a business plan? Do I wish that I had done, like, a, a Kickstarter and had people... Mm-hmm put in money and do all of this, sure. But I didn't. I just was so excited about something that I wanted to see happen that I just told myself, I'll just teach myself along the way. And some of it, yeah, I already did have the experience. I do feel like things that happened in my life led me to this point without me knowing. So like if you had said 15, 20 years ago to me that I'd be doing this, I would be like, I, you're, no, there's no way I'm going to be doing this. I can't see myself <laughs> doing this. You know what I mean? But because I have the marketing and advertising background because of school and mm-hmm. previous jobs that I've had, being part of the LGBTQ community and volunteering and doing events, all of this led me to this point where I was blessed enough to say, oh, wow, I see this problem in our community and I want to solve it. And I have all these tools to solve that problem. And that's what I did. And I think that's very true of a lot of different successful media companies because a lot of the times when you want to start these things, you kind of look at what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. and you copy them. And it's easy to just be like, they're already doing that. What makes me different? But I admire that you jumped into this saying, I know what I'm looking for and I'm figuring it out along the way, which is a great way for like, I, I feel like a lot of people... It's important to know how to do something and make it professional, but it's also important to make it you. 
Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that was a lot of what drove your journey was this was Ebony coming in and saying, I'm not making a magazine. I'm not making a product. I'm making my product in my style with my flair and panache. And that's what's going to resonate. Yeah, you nailed it. That's exactly, no, that's exactly, I mean, what's funny is, as you're saying this to me, I don't think I've ever really thought of it that way, but as I'm listening to it, you absolutely nailed it. And I think that's what makes it a little easier, you know, and less, less overwhelming is when you're doing something that you, you're doing for yourself, but ultimately you also know that you represent a huge part of a community out there. It just makes things a lot easier for the most part. <laughs> I don't want to make it seem like my first couple of years of entrepreneurship was <laughs> was super easy. But when you love what you're doing and you're doing something for you, it's fine. So what was it like getting to the point where you're making your first piece of content or putting out your first thing? What, what was the, maybe it wasn't a roadmap or a plan. Maybe it was just you came up with this thing and you put it out there. But how did you get to that place? So similar, you mentioned, you know, looking at, you know, what everybody else is doing or so I did a little bit of, you know, research and trying to figure out what does our community want. Mm -hmm. And so the folks that weren't here, I did a presentation this morning about diversity Mm and podcasting. And one of the things that I mentioned is like partnerships and leaning on people that are movers and shakers and creators in your area. That's exactly what I did to develop great content. Mm -hmm. I know that I don't know it all. I can't do it all. And if people are looking for arts and entertainment, sex and relationships, travel, well, then I need to be going to those people. Mm -hmm. So the first part of it was really leaning on my community to step up and provide good content. And so I went to certain experts or, you know, creators in my community and said, hey, this is what I want the first issue to look like lesbian travel, Mm -hmm. you know, list places that are LGBT friendly to travel or, you know, here are some hot spots, arts and entertainment, what LGBTQ women's events are going on, whatever. So essentially, I really did lean on this community to support my efforts. And then that's how the first publication happened. I I had four advertisers. (laughs) I started off with four advertisers, people that just wanted to see this happen and people that provided great content. And that's kind of how I learned. Not everything was perfect. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. And, but it was a great way to see, okay, this is what people are gravitating to. And this is what people aren't. And I mean, I'm telling you the first year, I mean, every year is a learning process. Mm -hmm. I don't have this, you know, perfected by any means, but It was just really cool to see the community step up, lean on them, and then see something produced from not just me, but like literally the community made it. And it wasn't just you leading on the community. It's something I absolutely love about your personality is you're a (laughs) go-getter. You are not shy about jumping into the mix. And as I remember, you, you went straight for like, you weren't just getting people in the community. You're trying to always go for the best, most representative people in your community. You were doing your homework thinking... I'm not just going to get people who I can talk to about travel. I'm going to get the people who are traveling to tell me what they do best and share those stories because it's not worth it to try to speculate when you already have the experts that you can reach out to. Exactly. And it's all about your brand Mm -hmm. and your reputation. I want people to know that when they go to tagmagazine.com or the tagnationpodcast.com, I want them to know that they're going to get great, reliable content that not only makes sense, but 
yeah, that they can rely on, that they know is coming from people who, not professional, but people who are experts or travelers or passionate about something. Maybe they're sex and relationships experts or whatever the case might be. I want them to know that the content they're reading is factual and it's well thought out. And you also speak to something very valuable that I think a lot of people starting out never fully appreciate. It's easy to kind of like want to jump in and make a splash, but the two things, no matter how much money you have or how much time you're really putting in, you always have your reputation and your brand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you are a shop with three listeners or if you're a smaller podcast like Swaying the Small Stuff or if you're a full-on magazine like Tag. You have this brand and that is always going to be how people see you regardless of how much money you're making. And that I think is an important question to ask. When you were starting out, how did you nurture that brand? I know it's a lot of going after those people, but were there ever moments where you really had to like stop and think, this is something I can't do or this is something I really need to do because of how it serves my brand or how it demonstrates my commitment to our reputation supporting these voices? Mm, that is a really good question because I don't think I've ever really thought about it as mm -hmm. far as like the first year in a way that you're asking. But as far as the, the branding, I think I had to learn mm -hmm. what the brand was. I think that I made the mistake of trying to be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where the learning curve came in. That, you know, I don't understand, you know, I want to make sure that women that are 60 plus are reading us and the young, you know, young professionals are reading us. And then all of a sudden you start to kind of see, you know, looking at my analytics and my numbers and doing the surveys to see who's reading us. Then it's like a whole different ball game. And you're like, oh, this is who's picking this up. These are our readers. And so once you kind of start to see that, I think that's where your brand really starts to develop because you can't be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. I always say the kiss of death answer when you're like, oh, well, you know, who is your podcast for? Who is your business for? Oh, everyone. That's the kiss of death answer. It's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. I winded up once I found my niche within a niche within a niche is when my brand really came alive because then I knew what people wanted and I could understand how that would look, how it can look for them, but also would look for tag, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense yeah. because that I, I completely agree. That's. Like, a lot of times when I'm on this show, I'm thinking, like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I have all these ideas. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what we're always focusing on is you want to find what's sweating the small stuff. Where are these details of the people who are making the things you love? What are the little things that matter? And that is true in so many places, especially when you're starting a small business, is I can make something that serves everyone, but Walmart's probably beat me to it. Mm -hmm. But when I know my community and I know that they're not getting the representation or diversity that they're looking for, then I can really start to branch out. Exactly. So now I just want to kind of pivot because, as I understand, you're not just – your magazine's telling stories, you're providing resources to people in need, and you're hosting all sorts of events. How did you start building in those little pieces? How did you know, like, all right, we're going to start focusing on telling these specific stories and then – we're not just going to tell these stories. People who are listening to these stories need help. How are we going to get them the resources? And then they don't just need help. They need support. We want to bring them together. What was that progression like for you? One, kudos for doing your research. Wow. So I, 
I knew when I started. I, you know, as much as you know, I'm saying that I just jumped in. Mm-hmm. I did just jump in. Mm-hmm. But I did. I did know I wanted to do three things. I wanted to provide great stories. I wanted to provide resources and I wanted to do events to bring our readers together. So I knew I wanted to do that. I just didn't know how to go about doing it. However, also, I have a print magazine. In 2012, I started a print (laughs) magazine. (laughs) I want everybody to just let that sink in. I realized that a lot of things are moving digitally, podcasting, video, online, all of that. So a lot of my line of thinking was also because I have to prepare for maybe, I don't want to say it is going to happen, but maybe at some point my print publication might die out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we have in place to make sure that we're still continuing the mission of TAG? Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that I brought in these other aspects first. So the resources... That's always important. People want to just belong, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Our most popular page on our website is our event calendar. We have events listed from across the country. Most popular page because people just want to belong. They want to connect with people. So then we provide those resources. And then we do events to bring people together because people want to meet people. You know, mm-hmm. No matter how you identify, you want to meet your soulmate. You want to meet new friends, whatever mm-hmm. the case might mm-hmm. be. But again, we also are putting in things to, to make sure that our business is still relevant. Mm-hmm. So two years into TAG, I want to start a podcast show. Mm-hmm. And yes, I wanted to start it because I wanted to elevate our voices for sure. I mean, that's, that was priority one, two, and three. And I'm a business, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. We're talking about entrepreneurship, you know, making money. Podcasts can make money. There's a way for sponsors and advertisers to get in front of LGBTQ women. Mm-hmm. And our podcast is one of them. Next, the video. Now it's time to get in front of people and elevate our voices that way. So I always knew I wanted those three elements of resources, events, and content. But I also knew I had to put things to make sure that we stay relevant and we continue to be a successful business. I admire that just because of the layering that happens when you're in the business. You don't know that you're going to start doing these podcasts and YouTube channels or videos or wherever you're putting your content. It just kind of happens. Yep. And as you made all this content, I I think really now is the time to ask, was there a moment or a story that really stuck with you? It still sticks with you, kind of keeps you going. I love that you asked that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've really, every time I talk to entrepreneurs, and sometimes we tend to get in our own in our own heads and we're like, we feel like we're in this by ourselves and we're facing all these obstacles that we think we're dealing with by ourselves, but we're all really dealing with the same thing. We all have imposter syndrome sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel like, oh my God, is this going to be the year that maybe things don't go right or is this the month, you know? Am I going to be able to pay this bill or whatever, depending on where you are in your entrepreneur journey? So I love that you asked this because I always want to, like, tell people, like, you really aren't alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for you to just ask that, I just want to thank you for that. There's a few things that uh, keep me going. And as far as the content, starting, I think it was 2013 or 14, I want to say 2014, we decided to do something called Enterprising Women. Mm-hmm. It's an issue that comes out every March, and we also have an event where we actually give out awards. Mm -hmm. And we spotlight anywhere from 8 to 10 LGBTQ 
women that are doing amazing things in their community, whether it be through their business, volunteering, community organizations, where we have people nominate them, we have a selection committee. It is just really amazing. To me, the enterprising women issue is the epitome of why I started TAG. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell our stories. I was missing the stories of queer women that are out here doing amazing things. That's what the enterprising women issue is. So anytime, every time I, I see these women bring their friends and their family out to see them get the awards, and when they come up to me and they thank me, I can't tell you how much that keeps me going. Like, wow, this is what I set out to do, is to let people know about this woman who started a homeless shelter for LGBTQ youth and, you know, Someone who's going to pick this up is going to find inspiration in this woman. And we can listen to that or read about it on Tag, right? Yeah, go tagmagazine.com, Enterprising Women, absolutely. That we've profiled, I don't even know how many at this point. It's got to be at least over 50 now at this point. I love that because you can, you build something into this show, to the platform that is, it's not just like there was this one moment that keeps me going. It's every one of these moments keeps me going. I get to meet a new person. And that person, I admire them so much and I need to share their story. And it just keeps you going. I, I admire that a lot of the people, they start and they get disillusioned and they quit. Mm. But the entire platform is something that you're invested in emotionally that keeps you going. And I just, I, that really resonates with me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy it does. And it's moments, it's moments like this with you and I that keep mm -hmm. me going seriously. I mean did this presentation and I get to meet you and here we are sitting down and talking. <laughs> it's moments like this that, that keep me going. So thank you. Yeah. Well, before we go, is there anyone you want to shout out or anywhere that you want to make sure that we, you plug so that we can find you and keep up with your content? Sure. So again, I'm the owner of Tag Communication. Feel free to go to tagcommunication.com. All of our platforms are on there. You can click on our website. Our print publication, you can subscribe, our two podcast shows, and our new video series, Now with Fiona, coming out January 2020. So just go to tagcommunication.com and check those platforms out. You can find me anywhere on social media, Ebony Bell, E-B-O-N-E, Bell, B-E-L-L. And I see there's tagmagazine.com? Yep. So you can visit Tag Communication. That's tag with two Gs, T-A-G-G, communication.com. There you can find Tag Magazine website, our print publication, our podcast shows, and our new video series coming out January 2020. And as for sweating the small stuff, you can find all of our stuff at smallstuff.show. All of our social media handles are smallstuffshow and if you think you have a brilliant, amazing person who's doing something completely unexpected or sweating the small stuff that you think you want to share their story with us, please, smallstuffshow at gmail.com. Find us. Talk to us. Make sure to let us know about all the amazing people out there, just like Ebony. Ebony, thank you so much for taking the time to share this story with us. Please, if anyone out there is listening and thinks they have a friend who's in the LGBTQ plus community who could benefit from her incredible work, Share this episode with them. Share her work with them so that we can all be a little smarter and richer and involved. Till then, I'm your personal brain trainer and host Cameron Boozer-Jamari reminding you, from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. Did you have fun? Yes. Yes. This is so <laughs> you are really good. Thank you. <laughs> You are. Now we can end. You are.